This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 43 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben and Gary's with me as ever. How are you getting on mate? I'm doing very well, mate. I'm looking forward to seeing how your uh, research has gone. <laughs> I did send you a text actually the other day, didn't I? Um, saying that, yeah, we need, we're going to do a, a bit of a League One preview um, today. So th- there'll be two episodes this week. The first one, as I say, is, is kind of like a League One preview. Um, and then we're going to look a little bit more in depth about the past couple of weeks for the Imps and a bit more of a prediction. So um yeah, I, I've I've done a little bit of, of research and, you know, some of that is listening to other podcasts. They do exist and uh, some of it's been uh, kind of going over a few transfers and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, we're, we're kind of going to run through sort of the, the key areas in, in League One. We're not going to do a 1-24 to 24 or anything like that because it's, I think... Because who wants to talk about... Gillingham, nobody, yeah, do they? Exactly, and I think we saw the other day. Um, I, I read somewhere that there was a uh, uh, there was there was like a two hundred and fifty million to one chance that you'll get every single um, spot in the league right. So, yeah, we're not going to do a one to twenty four, but we can talk about the main areas. So, promotion, uh, sort of winning the league, automatic promotion, playoffs, and then relegation. So, um, we'll start at the wrong end of the table so if, if we're kind of dragged into these discussions throughout the season then you know we've, we've obviously got something um behind us that's that's gone horribly horribly wrong but um yeah we'll, we'll start with the bottom four now obviously league one this season is, is going to be a very <sighs> i mean it's going to be sad isn't it in in some respects but it's um it's going to be a difficult one to to kind of talk other well talk around because the biggest thing that a lot of people are going to be talking about you know, from from the uh, from the outside is uh, the Berry and Bolton situation. Oh, you've fallen into the first trap already. Yeah. If this was pointless, it'd be flashing behind you. Berry and Bolton are very very different situations. So I I personally would be tempted to talk about Berry first. Okay, yeah, by all means. I mean, 
I I honestly think um, it's you know Berry in particular will will not be able to get out of the uh, the situation that they're in um, unless well I mean they might not even play an entire season I mean they've they've had their first game suspended on Saturday um, and it's whether they are still in the league this time well this time come Christmas I guess I, you know who knows. Um, so I I can't see Berry escaping relegation. Um, they were, I think they were one of the best teams that we played last year. Obviously, the televised game that was uh, that finished three all was an absolute cracker in terms of an advert for League Two. Um, but their entire squad's left. Ryan Lowe's left. He's taken a lot of them to uh, to Plymouth with him. So, can you see anything other than relegation for for Berry this season? No, nah, they'll be bottom. Um, the 12-point deduction is a huge thing to try and overcome. Teams have overcome points deductions and survived. Barry won't. Um, we all go into the first game of the season with high hopes. They're not even going into the first game of the season because, as you said, it's been suspended. Uh, the owner is... Um, let me try and think of a word. <laughs> I, won't, I won't because I don't know if he listens and he seems like the, the sort that might be liable but the, it, it's a farcical situation for their supporters I mean obviously I write about football league all day every day and I've seen some of the statements that go out official statements on the Barry website that look like they've been written by I'd say an a, a, a illiterate child but they look like they've been written at me when I by me when I first started writing um you know they don't get the possessive on the apostrophes they misspell words wrong he goes for sensationalist um inserts like and then came the EFL statement 10 yeah. question mark it's it's ridiculous I feel sorry for the Berry fans. Yes. What I would say, I've seen Nigel Clough today calling for Premier League clubs to help the likes of Berry out. No, 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 no. That would set a really dangerous precedent because the problems that Berry are in are Berry's fault. They're not the fans' fault. They're not the the ground staff or they're anything like that. But they are people that have run that club who have caused the situation that they're in. And they've yeah. done it by speculating on promotion, particularly to the championship a couple of years ago when they brought in Jermaine Beckford, etc. Premier League clubs were to dip in and help out for what is probably a relatively small amount of money for them. You know, it's it's, it's do or die for Bury, but it's a small amount of money for you know a big club like I don't know Salford. Um, mm. But <laughs> <laughs> that nearly passed you by. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, you, you can't go bailing them out when they've overspeculated. Uh, the EFL have got a lot to answer for. I'm not going to get into EFL bashing on here, but at the end of the day. Uh, when this season kicks off, Berrier will probably be fielding predominantly a youth side. Um, you know, Tom Miller was a reserve, didn't get much of a kick last year. He's one of the senior professionals left there now. Do you know, if they get through this year time next year uh, and have survived as a football club, that will be brilliant. And the fact that they were promoted last year, people kind of say, oh, it's irrelevant now. Not at all. Because if they were in the fourth division, as it is, League Two, They'd be staring being a non-league team, and once you drop into the national league, it's very tough to get out of. So they've they've given themselves a safety net. The real survival is off the pitch. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. And um, as we record this, there was obviously the uh, there was the news that um, the winding up petition was dismissed, which is only a good thing for the club. And I, I, like you say, I just feel for the fans. I really, really do. Uh, it, I've seen a lot of uh, of ill will to bury in certain sections of social media. And I just think, you know, you can't, you cannot look at this situation and feel 
any degree of happiness. I wouldn't feel this. I wouldn't feel happiness if this happened to to you know to Grimsby or to I say Forest Green, but you know that it's a it's a level of of um, incompetence that's led to this at kind of an EFL level and a club level. You know, let's not let's not kind of put the blame on exclusively on either side. I think the EFL allowed what's happened at Bury to to happen. Um, it's been well documented that they kind of left out the um, the fit and proper checks when Steve Dale took over the club. I I just think it's going to be a a really hard season for them to uh, you know to 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 manage. And like you say, if if we get to this time next season and we're talking about Berry starting in League Two, then it will be a it will be a good season for them um, because yeah. they'll still have a club. Just just a point on that. You're saying you know equal blame to EFL and the previous owners. It's, it's, in my opinion, it's really not. It's it's 95% the previous owners. What the EFL do, they were happy to sit by and let a team clearly overspend. And for me, it suggests that the financial fair play regulations in the lower reaches um, simply don't go far enough. And I think that that's evident when you look at the likes of Salford and you look at the likes of Forest Green, Forest Green in particular, um, and Salford not so much this summer because they've they've been quite stunted in their recruitment. But they're allowing it to happen, you know, through through sneaky means as well. You know, oh, Ecotricity sponsor Forest Green and they sponsor them to the tune of however much they need to put in. Yeah, mm. That's fantastic, isn't it? Because it's a way of getting around. So it's, it's a genuine revenue stream. And it's just it's just not right. And these, these financial fair pay regulations need to be tightened up because teams that work within their budget every year and and we're one of them this season you know Danny's talking about budget and when he talks about budget he's not talking about the fact that we're not competitive because we are competitive but only against teams that are spending within their means mm-hmm. and that's when you look at the likes of Sunderland with you know with 6 million pounds worth of strikers okay they get 32,000 but if you look at their financial um, records they're not they're not in a good place Blackpool or another one who we'll talk about shortly and they're not in a great place you know it needs to be tightened up from that point not from the point of saying well they should have done something about the owners it's the rules and regulations you know look at Chelsea going into a transfer ban okay I don't think it's for overspending bad bad point QPR last year QPR Birmingham financial fair play couldn't sign anybody and mm-hmm. people say well that's not right because technically they can afford to because they've got rich owners it should be that stringent in League One and League Two, and then we wouldn't be having, we wouldn't be talking about two teams starting with twelve point deductions. Although Bolton's is a bit of a different situation, and that leads us nicely into Bolton Wanderers, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And um, the, I think the situation at Bolton's been been overshadowed by the situation at Bury, and it, to me, it doesn't make sense as to why, because Bolton are a club that we drew in the FA Cup a few years ago and it was a big day out you know it was a premier league club um obviously it was you know wasn't quite as uh, as big as goodison or, or other ones like that but it's they have fallen such a long way um and i i think if either of the teams are going to overcome the 12 point deficit i think it's going to be bolton but i i still can't really see them doing it um, I, I think if if they do, they'll they'll scrape it. I think. Yeah, I I can see them doing it um, because it's a very different situation. A takeover is almost complete, um, and once the takeover is completed and the the deal with the creditors has gone through, uh, the new people will be able to put some funding into the football club. Now that might not be huge funding, but 
it would be funding that would leave them certainly looking richer than the likes of Accrington Stanley, for instance, who are no disrespect to Stanley, but who operate on such small crowds. Bolton are a big club. Make no mm-hmm. mistake about that. And, okay, 12 points is four wins. But if they get out of this, let's say, before the transfer window closes, in terms of um, kind of moving forward, there might be some form of transfer embargo. They might only be able to sign free agents. But they're going to have the pick of free agents. You're a player that hasn't got a club and people are suddenly clamouring to sign you on the cheap and you can either go to Accrington, Wickham or Bolton. Where are you going to go? You're going to go to Bolton because they're a big club. Phil mm. Parkinson got Bolton promoted from this level a couple of years ago whilst under a transfer embargo. So he knows the level. A lot of the players are actually still at the club. There hasn't been this, there's been an exodus, but there hasn't been the mass exodus that there has at Berry. So you've got the likes of Josh McGuinness, you've got the likes of Harry Brockbank, you've got the likes of David Wheater, who at the moment are still with the club. Um, I I have a sneaky suspicion that they may get out of trouble before the end of the season. Uh, I can, I don't know. There's just something, everybody, I mean, all the predictions I've seen, have got Berry and Bolton together and, you know, well, we can't talk about 23 and 24 because it's obvious. It's not that obvious to me, not at all. Keep an eye on that one. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, I, I agree with you to, to a point. I just think it's uh, to start with that kind of a deficit. And I, honestly, I hadn't even given a second thought to um, the, the point you've raised there about, um, free agents and you know free uh, free transfers. I'd, I hadn't given that at all, uh, a thought at all. So I guess that's why you're doing this for a living these days, and I'm yeah. not. Well, uh, look at it. yeah, today I've seen a news report, and it, it was from a news now registered site, so it's got to be relatively reputable that they're interested in taking Chad Evans on loan. Chad Evans scored what twenty odd goals at this level last season. And that's the kind of pulling power that they will have. And if they can bring loan players in and they can pull the odd favour in here or there, the loan player is going to want to go and play for Bolton. I'm not saying they're going to overturn 12-point deficit and be top six. I'm not even saying they're going to be top half. But looking down the rest of the teams on the on the roster, and that there are two that jump out at me as, as very likely to finish below Bolton. And after that, you know, then it's down to the look of the draw. So... You know, if you're a better a person looking for a risky accumulator, could do worse than betting on Bolton to stay up, amongst other bets. I think that's a fair shout. So, um, let's have a quick look at the other candidates, sort of around that area. Um, if you, I, I would personally say that my uh, my predictions uh, for the bottom, well. Two of the bottom four would be uh, the, the two kind of obvious ones, you know, Barry Bolton. Um, I would probably put AFC Wimbledon in there as well. And it, it, it's one of possibly two other clubs, I think, um, I, from what I've seen so far. I, I, I think Southend and Oxford possibly. Okay, well, let's let's talk about, because one of those I agree with. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you why I don't agree with the other two, and then I'll, I'll tell you who I think will go in as well. So, because yeah, mm-hmm. that's the way it works, isn't it? You know, well, we uh, we're, we're meant to disagree, Ben. It's good. It's healthy. I told my missus that we never argue. We should have a shouting match. Get it all out. <laughs> um, I agree with Southend, hundred mm-hmm. um, percent. They've not got a lot of money. If you look at the players that they've brought in. Uh, they haven't really strengthened. They've brought in um, Lad Milligan. I think he's got 79 caps for Australia. 
and, and they're looking to sit him in the midfield and free up a young man called Drew Yearwood, who's 18-year-old, stunning little footballer, called up to the England under-18 squad last year, but got injured and couldn't play. I think he played 34, 35 senior games for them last season. Um, oh, wow. Charlie Kelman is really impressive for them as well, scored from inside his own half on his debut, I think 16, 17 years old. But there isn't any substance around them. Uh, and they've lost, they struggled last year when they lost Ben Coker uh, through injury. Tom mm-hmm. Hopper was injured. He was one that had been linked with us before. Um, I think in Hopper and Cox, they don't have enough goals. They haven't brought anybody in who's going to score the goals. Uh, I, I just think Southend are a team that are on a downward trajectory. Um, and I would be highly surprised if they finished certainly above us uh, and above uh, the bottom four as well. I agree with you entirely on that. Mm. Um, okay. Interested to hear your thinking though on Oxford. Well, from um, again, it, it's sort of from uh, from what's been what I've managed to dig out. Um, I've, I'm not claiming that I have you know encyclopedic knowledge of Oxford, but it, it sounds from a few fans that I've heard and you know spoken about. Well, that have spoken about them that they sort of have a few of the same fears that maybe a couple of Lincoln fans have had in that they've made one or two decent signings. They've got, you know, they've got a few players um, that can do a job for them. And I'm I'm not saying that's, you know, the, the, the view of the Lincoln fans is that we've made a few good signings, but um, Oxford seem to have a couple of decent players here and there, but they might not have the, the strength in depth that they may possibly need to survive. Um, I think I was reading somewhere that they, they are extremely thin when it comes to uh, attacking, uh, attacking, you know, firepower. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I don't know, it, it's a, it's going to be a tough league. And I just think, I don't know, Oxford maybe look like they could be up for the chop. Yeah, you're not far wrong. Um, they they lost Jerome Sinclair. He was on loan last year. Uh, he's not there now. They sold Gavin White this week for £2 million. Pounds. Um, he's he's another striker. At the minute, the only recognised striker I think they've got on their squad is Jamie Mackey, who's been around a little bit, but he, you know he's not going to get you 20 goals a season at this level. Um, but they've got that £2 million burning a hole in their pocket. Uh, they've signed Ben Woodburn this week on loan from Liverpool, who uh, I think is Liverpool's youngest ever goal scorer, a Welsh international, supremely talented young man, struggled last year at Sheffield United and ended up not even playing for Liverpool under 23. So he's looking to rebuild his career. Um I would actually put Oxford in the middle of the pack, perhaps even higher, depending on who they sign. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting. With AFC Wimbledon, I just think Wally Downs can get them to shit out of their way out of it. Um, you know, they <laughs> they did really well last season to, to pull off the great escape. They're a really tight unit. If they keep old Joe Piggott up front, who's a, who's a real danger, they've got goals in them and they... I don't think you're wrong in that they, they might have a season of struggle, um, but I'm not going to put them down with the, the Berries and the South Ends. Uh, one of my shouts is going to be Rochdale. Mm-hmm. Um, very young squad. Brian Barry Murphy's their new manager there. He's got to try and take them away from the Keith Hill era. You know, they battled against relegation bravely two years in succession. I haven't seen a lot in their transfer business to, to suggest that they're going to, um, to do anything major. Um, They've got a couple of decent young lads. They've got a nice academy coming through there. But again, 
you do need more than exciting youth. You know, we've got Ellis and, and Jordan Adebayo-Smith, but let's face it, if if people were talking about them this summer rather than Jack Payne and George Grant, we would be in trouble. And that's no disrespect to either player, but, you know, you've got to have more to it. So, yeah, Rochdale would be one of my picks. Um, Wickham might struggle as well. Uh, and that's just, they might have enough to fight their way out of it. And again, that's kind of them, Wimbledon, Bolton might be fighting for that kind of last relegation spot. Um, but Wickham are a team that just confused me a little bit because, you know, they're big, they're nasty. We all loved uh, Gareth Ainsworth and I've done an article on it today saying it's he's great, he's a legend, but let's face it, he's basically just John Beck 2.0. Um, yeah. His teams kick people. Uh, he's going for the big lad up front again, Akin Fenwick. Paul Smith's on loan there for QPR, looking to play off him. They've brought in David Wheeler, who will play the exact same role that Gareth played for us. Um, but I just think that they might might get found out a little bit. If T, if T, if Wickham, if you don't let Wickham bully you, then I think that they struggle. So those, those are some of my picks for the bottom. Uh, no, I think uh, that's probably, uh, that's fair. I think it's it's just going to be, I think it's going to be a really interesting season. Um, the Some of the, um, some of the predictions that, we will come to when we sort of focus on uh, on ourselves a little bit more have been um more than generous shall we say and i'd be very interested to see how the actual you know how the rest of the season plays out compared to that so yeah. one one more team i would just like to mention in relation to the bottom and it's not spite it's tranmere i'm just worried if you look at their xg data from last year and the expected goals data they were mid-table in league two so the reason that they've managed to get themselves into the top seven and then subsequently through the playoffs is the goals of james norwood and that's an indisputable fact they're Mm. a decent side uh, further back on the field so were newport so were colchester so were stevenage um Norwood's gone and they're banking on Stefan Payne to come in and, and, and get the goals. And Stefan Payne won't come in and get the goals. He's never proven himself outside of Dover. Uh, he's poor at Barnsley. Mm-hmm. He was average at Shrewsbury. He was shocking at Bristol Rovers. If they struggle to score goals, might not be a great season for Tranmere either. Um, yeah, And they've always, all their promotions have relied on goal scorers. You look when they had Andy Cook, he was another one that scored a lot of goals for them as well. So, you know, they, they rely on not creating too many chances, but having somebody hungry to put them away. And I think this year they might not have that player. Yeah, uh, and that's that's a big, you know, obviously Norwood getting 30 plus goals is a big miss for them. So um, I wonder how I get on at Ipswich. That's my... That's my big query for that. But uh, well, again, we're getting, if we're moving up the right end of the table, where where are you putting Ipswich, Ben? I mean, uh, are you happy uh, that we've dealt with the bottom of the table? I I think so. I, I think the they seem to be the teams that maybe uh, maybe will be a bit uh, in a bit of trouble more than uh, more than others. Um, I think there is definitely some quality elsewhere that there will def well there will be teams that undeniably will will be expected to finish quite high up and um, there'll be teams that may be possibly a bit surprising and I hope I hope that we're one of them I can't guarantee that we will be but um in terms of a oh hello in terms of a um a full you know um a full result over the course of the season I don't I don't know but let's let's talk about the um the, the top of the table then so um I think um, that the winners of League One this season are are going to be Portsmouth. I think um, I, I think Sunderland possibly 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think they'll go up. I, I just think they might they might have to sneak it via the playoffs. Um, but I think Portsmouth seem like they're they're run very well. They seem like they've got a decent manager in Kenny Jacket. They've got um, they've obviously signed you know somebody that's very familiar to us in Sean Raggett. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. I, I just think Portsmouth to me seem like the stronger team, and hopefully the um, the more uh, the more consistent. And when I say hopefully, I mean hopefully in terms of my prediction rather than more than anything else. Um, so um, yeah, w- w- what are your thoughts on on who's going to win the league? I think Portsmouth and Sunderland are going to be everybody's top two pick. With with maybe the odd person going to one of the others in Ipswich, Peterborough, Rotherham, something like that. But Portsmouth and Sunderland should be up there. And I think what's yeah. really important to take note of is they contested the EFL Trophy final. So they were obviously two of the best teams in the division last year. They were first and second up until Christmas, uh, and then they tailed away. And they both tailed away because they lacked a certain amount of creativity. Portsmouth had lacked it more or less all season. They play a very dour 4-2-3-1 formation, heavily reliant on Ronan Curtis and Jamal Lowe. And Lowe will probably move to Wigan before the beginning of the season. So this year it will be Ronan Curtis and Marcus Harness at the moment who they're reliant upon. Um, I I disagree with your comment about Kenny Jacket being a good manager. I think that Kenny Jacket is showing um, an unwillingness to adapt to the situation. Two years on the bounce, he's played four two three one with two holding midfielders, and it's not quite like our four two three one is almost like a four one one three one in that there's a holding midfielder and then a midfielder sat behind the Shea McCartan figure. This is two anchored defensive midfielders. It's very very. Um, boring tactic, you might say. Certainly at Fratton Park, they struggle to break teams down and there's been no sign in pre-season whatsoever that, that Kenny Jacket is going to change that. Um, yes, he's signed Sean Ragger. He's signed Paul Downing as well, former Blackburn defender. So the two of them will, will be fighting for a spot um, that's been vacated by Matt Clark, uh, who's a big loss. They'll be up there. I'm, I'm thinking Sunderland for the title. Um, Jack okay. Ross has... Shown a willingness. He too played the four-two-three-one formation. Um, lots of criticism of it last year. They scored in nearly every game they played in. I think it was only towards the end of the season where they they, they failed to score in a game. Um, but they they've got the better squad. Um, you know they're going to have six million pounds worth of strikers kicking off this Saturday. Four million for Grig. There's one million for Charlie White a year ago, and they've loaned Mark McNulty who moved for a million a year ago as well. Um, but I think they're going to play a, th- a three-four-one-two. So I think they're going to look for, for two up front. It's certainly what they've played in their preseason friendlies. They haven't scored in three preseason friendlies: Heron Veen, Bellinensis, and uh, Benfica B. But I just think thirty-two thousand fans. I think you know there's going to be a fresh impetus this year. I think some of the signings they've made, not just McNulty, but George Dobson, is a phenomenal signing from Walsall. He captained Walsall last year at twenty-one years old. Former West Ham kid, Jordan Willis, really good centre-back and he'll probably play as a with three centre-backs. Um, so it'll be Jordan Willis, Tom Flanagan and Jack Baldwin, all very, very good defenders. I think, I, I can't see a situation where Sunderland don't win League One this season. Okay. Um, cool. Uh, and who's going to, who do we think is going to uh, join the, let's be honest, the obvious favourites in uh, in the Championship next season? Well, I think, I think we've, we've briefly mentioned Ipswich and Rotherham. You expect them to be up there by virtue of the fact that they've come down. 
Ipswich's squad last year was predominantly made up by Paul Hurst of teams from uh, players from League One, rather um, the likes of Caden Jackson, um, Guion Edwards, um, John Nolan, uh, players like that. These are League One quality players. He's put James Norwood with them. Alan Judge is a really good player. They've got Andre Dazel, who's who's a phenomenal talent in the middle of the park. They're going to be up there. Rotherham have signed nine new players. Uh, they might not be as dominant as as the other teams that we're talking about, but certainly there, I think that they're going to be in and around it. Um, but one of my outside tips for the playoffs is Blackpool. Um, okay, quite excited for. Blackpool from a neutral point of view obviously they've um, they've collapsed in recent years they've gone from the top to the bottom uh, last year they got rid of Owen Oyston uh, or, or certainly his family's grasp on the club uh, and they've they've recruited relatively well and they lost Mark Bowler former Arsenal left back uh, to Middlesbrough not long but uh, last week where they brought in James Husband to replace who should be very good um, they, they struggled for a, a focal point in their attack last year. So they've got Nathan, Delf- Nathan Delfonso and a French lad whose name I'm going to make a huge mess of, but it looks like Nan Dullet, um, <laughs> who were both quite quite pacey strikers, but are not prolific. But have brought in a lad called Ryan Hardy from Rangers, who I'm excited about seeing playing. They've got Jay Spearin in the middle of the park. He's obviously very experienced. Um, Curtis Tilt is about to sign a new deal. He's a behemoth at the back. Really, really good player. Um, much depends on Simon Grayson because he's taken over from Terry McPhillips. Now, Grayson is, is one of those managers that has a good spell, shit spell, good spell, shit spell. So, you know, he was great at Blackpool, went to Leeds, flopped. Great at Preston, went to Sunderland, flopped. Had an ill-fated spell at Bradford. So he's got to repair his uh, his reputation as well. So I fancy Blackpool to be there and then probably one of Coventry, Fleetwood, somebody like that. Peterborough will definitely be in and around it as well. Yeah, I was going to say. I think uh, I think Peterborough obviously ones to watch, and not just for the fact that they've spent a, over a million quid on Moisa. Um, they are they are seemingly getting to a point now where they've they've built up their squad. They've they've gone about it uh, as much as Darren McAntony will try and convince you otherwise on Twitter. They've gone about it fairly uh, fairly innocuously, in my opinion. Um, they've brought quite a few uh, quite a few players in. Um, and yeah, I think with with Issa um, playing up front, uh, is it Tony? That's is it? Yeah, there yeah. a striker. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think those two will be. Um, they'll be a, a pretty devastating combo uh, up front. So Peterborough are my pick for possibly one of the other playoff spots. Um, I think. You then sort of talk about, like you say, the likes of uh, of Ipswich, maybe Blackpool. Um, I can, I, if they weren't playing in Birmingham, I would probably say Coventry could adapt to it fairly well and and push on from where they finished last season. Um, but obviously, that's a big, uh, it's it's a big ask for them to do that because of the situation at the club. Um, but I. A lot of people have, like I say, a lot of people have suggested that we might be up in the mix for the playoffs. And you know, slight spoiler alert for for what's to come later on, but I I, I don't think we will. Um, it's not a, it's not me being pessimistic or anything like that. It's me being kind of, I think, realistic in terms of where we are and what's um, the, the situation that we're in at the moment. Obviously, we don't have the the, the spending power behind us to uh, to 
to get the likes of, of Moisa or, or another player like that in. You know, we, we will, I think we'll do all right. And I think we'll be, as Danny's uh, asked us to do, you know, establish ourselves as a League One team. But I think all of the people suggesting that we will be finishing at least sixth. And I thought, I think D3, D4 suggested that we might even finish third because of the team spirit that we've got. And it was a well-reasoned argument, but I just, I, I disagree with what they've said um, on that one. So yeah, I think my, my uh, picks for the three, if I, if you push me to pick a playoff winner as well, I'd probably say Ipswich are bounce back along with uh, Sunderland and Portsmouth as the, the winners of the league. Okay. Um, the losing playoff semis would probably be, uh, I'd say, Peterborough, Rotherham, like you say, and I'd, I'd possibly put Coventry in there as well, just because I think they might be able to overcome the issues that they've got. Okay. Well, I'd, for the top two, um, I'm going to go Sunderland and I'm going to go Ipswich because I think it's Kenny Jackett's last season at Portsmouth. And I think that definition of madness is trying the same thing over and over again. And that's what he's going to do. So I'm going to have Portsmouth and Peterborough in the playoffs, uh, along with Blackpool and probably Rotherham um, with Fleetwood just missing out. I do think Oxford will be there or thereabouts, um, certainly mid-table, pushing on upwards. And there might be a surprise in store um, at MK Dons as well. Uh, Yeah. Don't think MK Dons will have enough to break into the top six. But when you look at some of their business, it's very, very good. Um, Haram Boateng is a very good footballer. Uh, Reese Healy is, is a superb signing up front. I think Joe Mason can be a very strong player for them up front as well. Um, the kid they've signed at the back, Regan Poole, uh, superb player for Newport last year. I think when you've got the likes of Jordan Moore-Taylor is staying put as well. Um, yeah, MK Dons are... Let me put it this way. If we finish above MK Dons, I know we're going to talk about us in another podcast. Um, I'd be happy with that. But I think what we've done here is when we're talking about the teams I've mentioned to finish at the top are teams that I wouldn't feel particularly upset at finishing above us in terms of quality and means. And the teams we've talked about feeling at the bottom, teams I think we should be above. And then you've got this myriad of sides in the middle of the pack, your Bristol Rovers, your Gillinghams, teams like that, which... Accrington as well, which you would like to think that we should be above. Um, but, you know, that's football, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so I think uh, we'll, we'll probably wrap this one up um, here. This is going to be kind of a little prelude to the uh, the, the talk about the Imps. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you if you do enjoy it, subscribe to it on uh, on iTunes or wherever. Leave us a review. That's always very welcome. And it helps us uh, jump up the rankings a little bit. And I think what we'll try and do is maybe get the um, maybe get the the, uh, the the one focused on the imps out tonight. Uh, so that'll be Thursday night. So this should go up around lunchtime ish uh, and then maybe tonight or possibly tomorrow, Friday, depending on. Uh, depending on how we're feeling but we should probably let you know that we are recording this on Wednesday so if there's any news between now and the first game of the season we're not gonna be well I would hope there will be but uh, yeah if there's anything between now and the first game of the season we won't be covering it on the podcast um, until after the game so right we'll see you uh, whenever we decide to put the next podcast out and uh, yes take care guys bye bye bye
It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.